Buckeye Talk is brought to you by ShopOhioState.com, the website for the Ohio State University Barnes & Noble Bookstore. For all your Ohio State apparel needs, especially during the holiday season, visit ShopOhioState.com and MinutemanTickets.com. Concerts, theater tickets, sporting events. Make our ticket guys your ticket guys at MinutemanTickets.com. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice, alone in my basement for the Urban Meyer Retirement Edition. And uh, we have a lot to get into. More than 100 questions from you fine folks uh, on Twitter. And um, there's a couple things I want to say first. And uh, I don't think we'll go for two hours, but we'll go for as long as we need to go. So first of all, um, as most of you know, this show really isn't about Ohio State football. It's about me. And I just would like to say that this season started with the Ohio State football program exploding at Big Ten Media Days in July. August was a cluster. Uh, The coach was suspended for the first three games. The... uh, Best player got hurt in the third game. Um, I started the the season with two other people covering Ohio State with me. Uh, I ended the season with a completely different person covering Ohio State with me. In the middle, I covered Ohio State a little bit by myself. Uh, And then the three-hour sleep after the Big Ten championship game where I went to bed at 4.30 and woke up at 7.30 so we could drive back to Columbus for the playoff announcement, which is what you have to do every year when Ohio State plays in the Big Ten Championship game. That opened the window for me to get sick. So I'm really sick. I went to bed at 7.30 uh, on Monday night. And uh, on Tuesday, Ohio State's coach retired. And if that was the only thing that possibly could have gotten me out of bed. So I'm sick as a dog. And then I got home and my wife is now actually sicker than me. So um, that's about me. That's two minutes on me. And now we'll get into like 58 minutes on your football program. But I'm in a bad mood because my head hurts. And uh, my throat hurts and my back hurts because we did the Sunday playoff podcast on the ground at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, like threw my back out. (coughs) And I did an interview on Monday morning and my voice was so bad that someone asked, uh, I don't know who it was, Sirius XM or something, asked me about Urban Meyer coaching in the Rose Bowl. And it sounded like in the middle of the answer that I got choked up emotionally about Urban Meyer coaching in the Rose Bowl. And it was just the frog in my throat because my voice is so bad. So I had to make clear to the radio audience that Urban Meyer coaching in the Rose Bowl did not make me cry. I'm just sick. So uh, I would like to say that um, moments like this brings out the best in our Buckeye Talk listenership in that probably 50 of the 100 questions that we got about this gigantic program-shaking news, uh, 50 of the questions were about what assistant coaches are going to get fired. Everyone's so excited for what assistants Ryan Day is going to let go. And I have a very interesting answer on that because I think Ryan Day gave us a clue in the news conference. But first, that's a tease, folks. That's a tease. First, I want to start with this, which is not a question, but which is just an overall look at things. And I also am going to say 
that I'm going to get off Twitter for about a month. Because it's so filled, and everybody knows this, with cynicism and snark. And some of it's my cynicism and snark. But, like, this is a guy who has a health problem. And all anybody wants to do is, like, make guarantees about the future. And everyone's sure about what he's going to do next. And everyone's saying, like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. And and um, everyone's saying, like, well, he's just a liar. And this happened before. And it's just, like, nobody knows anything. And, I, and Twitter is not a place where people are willing to say that nobody knows anything. Because on Twitter, everybody knows everything. And it's very aggravating. And so um, this process, I put a cough drop in, or I'm not going to make it. This process is very aggravating to me because of all the certainty and everybody knows what's going to happen. And, and you don't know anything, which is fine, but just quit being such a gas bag about it because here's what I want to talk about. Urban Meyer at Florida... Retired after the 2009 SEC championship game, and the next day he unretired. And then after the 2010 season, he retired from good for good from Florida. He retired for one day after the SEC championship game because he thought he was having a heart attack the night of the SEC championship game. It turned out he wasn't, but Shelly Meyer called 911. And he was having esophageal spasms, but it was a health thing. Um, so everyone is looking at that and saying, okay, well, this is a guy who retired, unretired, then retired, and then a year later was back in a job, right? So everybody thinks he's going to do that at Ohio State, that he's going to be back in a job. And as I said, I don't know. Nobody knows for sure. So if he unretires tomorrow, you can play this back and throw it in my face. I'm tired of the part of my job where I have to just be a soothsayer and predict everything that's going to happen in the world, and every time I'm wrong, people jam it up my butt. I don't know. So if you're looking for certainty about the future, you can turn this off, because there's no certainty about anything for the rest of this podcast. It's informed guessing. That's all any of this stuff is, because most people in sports want to talk about the future more than they want to talk about the present and the past, and that's fine but I'm not going to talk about the future with certainty because I don't know. And if I don't know, you don't know. But I'll say this. Urban Meyer left Florida and returned a year later for his dream job. Ohio State is his dream job. So I think anyone, and there are writers who are doing this, who are trying to say, oh, he's going to do it again. He's going to be back in a year, are not taking into account the fact that the first time he left one school and then came back for his dream job. Now he's leaving his dream job. So the idea that he's going to be the coach at USC in a year or the coach somewhere else, he's an Ohio State guy. And if he can coach, he had the job he wanted. If he could coach, he would coach at his dream job. I'm not going to make it. I'm drinking a Diet Coke. My 14th of the day. I know people don't like the drinking and the clattering of food, but this is the only way I can do this. The idea that he would leave his dream job and then be like, you know what, I'll just come back somewhere else. That is not at all where I think he is right now. 
there was an initial question at the press conference on Tuesday that was kind of like three questions in one about would he coach again and what's ahead for him. And he said something about there's a lot of complexities in that. And I didn't think that answered it. So I said when I got the microphone, um, something like, well, I can read it. You want me to read it? You guys like it when I read the transcripts? They transcribe. If you guys want to go to ASAP transcripts, you can go to our site, cleveland.com. We have it up there. If you want to read the whole thing, you can read the whole transcript of the whole, however long it was, 40 minutes with Ryan Day, Urban Meyer, and Gene Smith. Here's what I asked. As you sit here now, do you believe you will not coach again? Urban Meyer, I believe I will not coach again. Are you fairly certain? I'm certain. Yes. So that's the answer that matters. And you can think that he's a liar and he's just doing this as an excuse. I'll tell you what I told you before. This is a serious health issue. He is worried about the long-term consequences of this serious health issue. I believe him when he, he says he's done coaching. And again, throw it back in my face. I'm wrong all the time. I'm wrong all the time. But I'm telling you, I have a little more information than most people on this. I think he's done. Because this is not just another job to him. This is not a mile marker in his coaching career and he's on to the next one. This is where he wants to be. He wants to be in Columbus. He wants to be at Ohio State. So, if he gets the coaching bug again in two years and he's like, oh my gosh, I got my, my cyst issue sorted out. I've, I've got to coach again. What did I do? I can't believe it. Why did I ever walk away? I was crazy to walk away. He's only 54 right now. I guess you have to leave that open. But a whole lot of people were certain Jim Trestle would coach again, right? Here's the thing about people who are certain about things that they have no reason to be certain about. When they're wrong... There's no consequence because it's like, oh, you're a liar. Oh, I know what's going to happen to someone in 10 years. And then in 10 years, nobody goes back and says, yeah, you were crazy. So I think he's done. I think he feels good about where Ohio State is. And I don't think he would leave his dream job lightly. And I'm telling you, this thing in his head is serious. This is not just headaches. This is long-term consequences about his ability to live a happy and full life in good health. And when that's on the table, I don't think he would uh, risk that to go be the coach at Texas A&M. So again, play it when I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't care if I'm wrong. I'm telling you what I think right now. I'm in a bad mood. I feel awful. You don't care. That's fine. I don't mean to put my problems on you, but I'm just trying to tell you how terrible I feel. All right, let's get to some questions. I, I, can't, I can't find all the questions. Let's get to uh, the thing that I think was the interesting thing. A million of you asked it. I don't need to give you credit. You know if you asked it. Everybody wants everybody fired. I wrote earlier this year that Urban Meyer hired too many of his friends. Here, well, we can say it this way. Does Bill Davis get left at the airport after the Rose Bowl since that's when it'll be officially Ryan's team? That's from Scott King. We got about 40 questions like that. Here's the hint. Here's the hint that I read today. Okay? This was Ryan Day in his opening statement talking about the kind of team Ohio State's going to have under him. 
He said, on the field, you can expect a team that's going to be tough. It's going to have great energy and will be creative. On offense, we continue to force defenses to cover the entire field this year. As we went from JT Barrett to Dwayne Haskins at quarterback this season, which took on a very different attack. But I feel strongly about our offense's ability to, to modify and adapt to our person, personnel year in, year out. Here we go. Listen to this. On defense, we'll be aggressive with multiple fronts, sound and simple for the players so that they will have the ability to play fast. Simple for the players. I think one of the main problems with this defense this year was that at many times the Greg Schiano defense was not simple for the players. Every time this defense did something better and you asked a player about why did why were you better? Every time they answered it, it's because they say we went back to our base defense, we got more simple. Every time they got better, they got more simple. So that to me was Ryan Day's message that he did not like the structure of this Ohio State defense this year. So, I wrote earlier this year that Urban Meyer hired too many of his friends, Greg Stadrawa and Bill Davis specifically, Greg Schiano also, although Greg Schiano clearly has credentials. There's no way that Bill Davis is back. Ryan Day is not keeping Urban Meyer's groomsmen as a linebacker's coach. My guess right now is that Greg Schiano is not back. I do not think he will be fired. I think he will be told to go get another job and he'll get one. I do not think Ryan Day, with what he said there in one sentence about the defense, that was enough, that's what you needed to know, he doesn't like how the defense played this year. You don't like how they played this year either, but he's the head coach now. Stadrawa, Ryan Day knows him better. Ryan Day knows all the offensive guys, so I think maybe they have more of a chance to stick around. I don't know. The defensive guys, he doesn't really know. He has no loyalty to. So my guess would be Davis and Shiano are not back in 2000. <coughs> See, now it sounds like I'm choking up about Greg Shiano and Bill Davis losing his job. Bill Davis is losing his job. I don't think they'll be back. And I think there will be other changes. There was a. I'm going to write about this if I can. I might sleep 19 hours tonight, but if I don't, I'll write this on Wednesday. Gene Smith, when I was talking to him afterward, made a point that a lot of these staffers, the structural staffers that Ryan Day is keeping, Mark Pantone in recruiting, Mickey Marotti as a strength coach, they now are actually athletic department employees in that they are not just with the football team. Mickey Marotti is in charge of all the strength coaches in the athletic department. So Gene Smith was saying, like, if, if a new head coach came in here, that person wouldn't just get to bring his strength coach because Mickey Marotti isn't a football employee. He's an athletic department employee, and Gene Smith would mandate that he stay. Pantone, not quite as much, but in the same realm. So those staffers, a big deal was made. Mark Pantone, Mickey Marotti, Brian Voltolini, the ops guy, Ryan Stamper, who deals with the players, are staying. But I think a lot of those are under those auspices, that they are athletic department employees, not just football people, at least Marathi for sure. The staff, Ryan Day can do whatever he wants. And I'm also going to have a story. I made the point to Gene Smith that in this world where you're talking about you want to continue a lot of the Urban Meyer things, you still have to let Ryan Day be this the lead guy in this program. You must let Ryan Day do what he wants to do. And Gene Smith said, we've talked about that. We've talked about that a ton Gene Smith said, I told Urban, you have nothing to do with any of this stuff. You have no say on the staff. 
So that to me is a direct, that's a correlation to like your friends are not safe. I think there is some dicey territory there in maneuvering a world where you want to keep some of the Urban Meyer things in place, but you have to let Ryan Day be Ryan Day. But I, I think there's going to be several coaching changes, and I would put Greg Schiano and Bill Davis at the top of that list. Bill Davis, of course, number one, because Bill Davis is always number one when we're talking about which coaches should not be here. But I think Greg Schiano is in there, and I'm not sure about anybody else. So let's take a quick break so my throat can recover, and we'll be back with more of your actual questions. Here on the Urban Meyer Retirement Buckeye Talk. All right, a quick word from our friends at uh, shopohiostate.com. They got Rose Bowl stuff. Rose Bowl stuff. This is going to be a game. You're going to want to commemorate Urban Meyer's last game. So go to shopohiostate.com. Five different t-shirts available right now. Um, oh, they have, a, they have a rivalry one, too. They have a rivalry one if you want to commemorate Urban Meyer's last, uh, last Michigan game. So, so I think, you know, things have changed a little bit. This is the end of an era. You might want to get in on that. So shopohiostate.com is the place you can get all your Ohio State apparel. You might be in the mood for, to be wearing some Ohio State stuff as, uh, as we're, the program's going through some transitions. So visit shopohiostate.com, shopohiostate.com, shopohiostate.com. All right. So I briefly took my daughter to a tennis lesson. Now I'm back. It's later in the evening. Uh, my wife is now sick to the point where she thinks this is the sickest she's ever been. Um, I also feel terrible, so I don't normally ask this, but we may need uh, some Buckeye Talk listeners to come to my house and uh, help my children get breakfast and take them to school. Um, so if you would be willing to make my children breakfast, just uh, tweet at me and we'll try to work it out. All right, more questions from you guys. 109 questions. I don't think I'll get to all of them. E. Bronstein always asks good ones. Eric Bronstein. Is Ryan Day ready for this? If he goes 9-3 and three or 8-4 and four next year, the fan base is going to turn on him. His first loss to Michigan and the fan base will turn on him. What are realistic, realistic expectations for the first three years? So this is very interesting. I wrote a column earlier today that, that, that there is risk, I think, in this Ryan Day hire. Uh, Gene Smith said he looked at a couple people nationally, but he really did zero in on Ryan Day. Um, Gene Smith has been a big fan of Ryan Day, and Gene Smith was interested in keeping Ryan Day around. He did say after the news conference that if if Urban Meyer uh, was staying at Ohio State, Ryan Day very well may have left after this year because there were other schools uh, calling, wanting to talk to him about their head coaching vacancy. So, you know, Urban Meyer is not retiring so they can keep Ryan Day, but Ryan Day wasn't going to wait around here forever. I've said in the past, assistant coaches are middle managers. They don't build your program. Ryan Day has done a very good job. Two years ago, nobody knew who Ryan Day was. I think it's possible this could be too much for him. He's 39 years old. And our old friend Bill Landis asked Urban today, Urban was 37 when he took over at Bowling Green, could you possibly imagine being the head coach at Ohio State at age 39? Urban was like, heck no. No way. No way. Because Urban Meyer built up to this. He did it for two years at Bowling Green and two years at Utah, and then he made a jump to a big job. This is a big ask. And again, you could read my story. There have been a lot of coaches lately. Lincoln Riley, Kirby Smart, Dabo Sweeney, 
who have made this jump to major program head coach without being a head coach before. Um, it doesn't doesn't mean it's going to work. I think there is more risk in this than in any recent Ohio State hire. Well, I guess people thought there was risk in Trestle, but, but Trestle was a four-time national champion. You just wondered, can he do it at this level? Um, there was risk in John Cooper because he wasn't an Ohio guy and would he, would he get it and all that stuff. And some of that bore out. So I think there's risk in this, and I was just thinking about this today. I, I'm not trying to throw a wet blanket on this. I'm just trying to be realistic. And if Urban Ma- if, uh, Ryan Day's first three seasons were eight and four, ten and two, and seven and five, what would happen? Urban Meyer was the best head coach in the Big Ten. Is Ryan Day the best head coach in the Big Ten? This conference has gotten better. James Franklin's a good coach. Jim Harbaugh is a good coach, whether you want to admit it or not. Mark D'Antonio is a very good coach. Pat Fitzgerald is a head coach. I mean, is a good coach. Paul Christ is a good coach. Kirk Ferentz, in his own way, is a good coach. Jeff Brom and Scott Frost are good coaches. This is a big ask. This is a big ask. And Ohio State could have been 8-4 and four this year. The Maryland game goes another way. The Penn State game goes another way. The Nebraska game, you know, like they've played some close games. And, and I, I want to caution fans. There is some segment of the fans who are sort of like, oh, good. get. I'm glad to see Urban go, whether it's related to the Zach Smith stuff or whether it's related to, like, you think he's a drama queen or you just wanted a change. Um, this guy went 82-9. and nine. And so... Bob Stoops at Oklahoma, I think, was getting a little stale at the end. Um, and I think the change to Lincoln Riley reinvigorated, reinvigorated Oklahoma. I don't think, but Bob Stoops was, <coughs> here's the bottom line. Bob Stoops is not Urban Meyer. He's not. He won one national championship early in his career, and then kind of, leveled off after that. Bob Stoops is not Urban Meyer. You're just like all this stuff. I say you should be able to hire good assistant coaches at Ohio State. You should be able to do that. You should be able to hire good head coaches at Ohio State. But when you have a good one, you're not necessarily going to replace him with someone just as good. When you lost Kerry Combs, you didn't replace him with someone just as good. When you lost Luke Fickle, you didn't replace him with someone just as good. When you lost Mike Vrabel, you did replace him with someone just as good in Larry Johnson. So sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So I do think at times, I mean, 82 and 9 is ridiculous. And there were things today, or things this season, that, yes, Ohio State in some ways, looked sharper early on, right? I think people thought that, that the Ryan Day-led offense looked sharper in the first three games than what happened later. And Ryan Day deserves a lot of credit for shaping this offense around Dwayne Haskins, and Urban Meyer gave him a lot of credit for that. But I just don't think you can automatically assume, hey, Ohio State just lost one of the the 10 best college football coaches ever, and the next guy's going to be just as good. So... After Woody Hayes, Earl Bruce wasn't as good. Earl Bruce was fine. He wasn't as good as Woody Hayes. After Jim Trestle with the one-year Luke Fickle, Urban Meyer was was just as good or maybe even better. 
But that's because you hired someone who had two national championships already. So I just don't think you can assume that it's going to be just as good. And that is not really a criticism of Ryan Day. Um, I just hope people appreciate what this level was here with Urban Meyer. And I do think there may be some weird stuff down the line with this Urban Meyer structure. And that structure will help Ryan Day early on. And Urban Meyer was making the point that, hey, Ryan Day can get right to recruiting. He doesn't have to worry about setting up um, a strength staff, about setting up a recruiting staff, about setting up football operations, because all those people are going to stay. So he can slide right into recruiting. But I just think it might get weird when it's like Ryan Day's job and life in Urban Meyer's system. So I, I hope Ohio State fans don't turn on Ryan Day. I think they will be good, but I don't I don't think that something like eight and four, ten and two, seven and five in the next three years, I certainly think that's possible because it doesn't take much when Penn State's good and Michigan's good and Michigan State's good and there's a couple teams in the West that are good. It's a fine line between winning and losing folks and, and Ohio State has won a lot of close games, a lot of overtime games over the years with Urban Meyer. And a couple of those don't go your way. And maybe that's where the Urban Meyer difference comes in. A couple of those don't go your way, and the season is very different. Um, so the one thing is, <coughs> I apologize. Ugh. Ohio State has some blowout losses, right, the last couple of years, but they've won all the close ones. They lost the close one at Penn State in 2016. They've won two close ones with Penn State in 17 and 18. Could have lost either one of those. Could have lost to Maryland this year. They've won the close ones. In 2016, they won in overtime at Wisconsin. Um, they've won the close ones. And then you, a couple of those close ones don't go your way. And all of a sudden, people have a very, very different view of this program. So I wouldn't assume anything. I wouldn't assume anything. Do we? Uh, Josh Codet, J.R. Codet, said, how many staff changes do you reali realistically see Ryan Day make? So I think I talked about that already. I'm going to put the over-under at three. Over-under at three. Um, what's your go-to food drink when you're sick? It's my go-to food drink when I'm not sick also, but I like a nice uh, fountain diet Coke that I feel like it burns off uh, the, the stuff in your throat. You get a good, I like when it like burns, and that diet Coke burns like a hot, it's not hot, but that bubbly, sharp carbonation. McDonald's is pretty good. When I woke up this morning, I was up at 7 a.m. working on this Urban Meyer story. My wife brought me breakfast. Um, and then I said, could you go get me two McDonald's Diet Cokes? So at 8 o'clock, she went and got me two McDonald's Diet Cokes. And they just bur they burned off that throat stuff a little bit. I think it's very effective. Uh, man, more assistant coaches, more assistant coaches, more assistant coaches. Um, Nikki Unders, what was the vibe like at the press conference? Did it feel like they were all on the same page with the decisions? Did they seem confident or did you sense any nerves? I think they were on the same page. It's always one of those strange things when, like, a guy's leaving. It would happen at the Thad Mata press conference, too. Of course, Chris Holtman wasn't there because he wasn't hired yet. But when it's like, hey, we're, we're get, a coach is leaving, and we're here with the coach who's leaving. Um, but, uh, you know, Urban Meyer wasn't fired. He retired. Um, he made a very short statement at the start so that Ryan Day could make a longer statement, so that it could be more of a Ryan Day introductory press conference than an Urban Meyer retirement press conference. But clearly, when we asked the questions, we asked a lot of questions of Urban Meyer. Um, I think Urban Meyer did feel like, seem at peace with it. Um, 
you know, Urban Meyer takes up a lot of space in a room. And so I think in that room, Urban Meyer took up more space than Ryan Day did. That's just with his presence and his personality. And Ryan Day will grow into that, but also Urban Meyer's not going to be in the room anymore. He can't be in the room. You've got to let Ryan Day own the room. So I think they were on the same page. Uh, there was another question about, like, why was Urban praising uh, Gene Smith so much? Um, Urban can get effusive. Urban can, loves to talk about how his family hangs out with everybody else's family. He was the same way with Ezekiel Elliott. So today he was talking about hanging out with Gene Smith and Gene Smith's family. I think they really do have a good relationship. I think that they do talk a lot. Um, and um, I think they did, you know, have some mutual agreement on this decision. So there was not any kind of weird vibe. Um, it was a going forward vibe. It was uh, Shelly Meyer was there. She was very emotional. I was watching her a lot. During the news conference, she had tears in her eyes. There was one point uh, she was on the other side of the room, and I was sitting like right behind Urban Meyer on, on the opposite side of the room. And there was a moment when Urban looked over, and so I looked over to see what he was looking at, and he and Shelly were just looking at each other and sort of smiling at each other. And I think smiling at each other in a way that was like, we're sad about this, but also we're ready for this. Um, so I, 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 don't, I didn't get a negative vibe. There was not a negative vibe there. There was not a negative vibe. Um, G. Nilly, unpack Urban's statement about trying to step back and being more of a CEO and the product was failing, so he had to take it back. Is that a direct connect the dots to Warren or Beck and Bill Davis? Um, he likes to dive in. He has given over more play-calling duties than ever before this year with Ryan Day, and that's worked, but it's also been hard for him, I think. He feels a little disconnected from it. Um, I do think that is some reference to that, and <coughs> when they've had, I can't remember what year it was, but they famously had defensive issues one year, maybe it was 13, and Urban talked about, like, I'm going in the defensive room. I never go in the defensive room, but I've got to dive in there and get it fixed. And this year when they had defensive issues, Urban Meyer did not say that. Urban Meyer was not talking about, i got to dive in the defensive room with these guys, even though I'm usually on the offensive side of the ball. So um, I think maybe it, maybe it was about Beck and Warner a little bit. I don't think it was about the offensive staff right now. Um, but I do think maybe it's, it's some of that defensive stuff, you know, that I normally don't do defense. But when stuff needs to be shaken up, I get in there, and he doesn't, he doesn't really get in there. So I think it's a good question. I think I think mostly he's uncomfortable with it, that he's uncomfortable not being intimately involved. It's hard for him more than anything. It's hard for him to not be involved in the day-to-day nitty-gritty, and I think maybe he reached a point where he was like, well, if I can't be involved in the day-to-day nitty-gritty, then what am I doing? Um, I'll just leave. I'll just leave. So I think that was part of it. Tuamu55, T-U-U-A-M-U-5-5. What's more likely, Matthew Baldwin is a starting Ohio State QB in 2019 or Alex Grinch is a defensive coordinator at Ohio State in 2019? Uh, maybe Grinch. Maybe Grinch. Listen, <coughs> I talked to Matthew Baldwin um, for a while after the Big Ten Championship game. And I'm going to write a story about it when my body stops shutting down. But uh, we talked a lot about Matthew Baldwin as a Dwayne Haskins style of passer. He's not Dwayne Haskins. Nobody's Dwayne Haskins. But he's a drop-back guy. And this year did show him what this Ohio State offense could do. 
with a drop back passer. Um, I think it is. I think maybe going forward, Ryan Day will recruit more guys like that, but I don't think it means that he's not going to play Tate Martell next year. Ryan Day is coming off an ACL tear. He rehabbed for most of most of this year. He only got healthy in like the back half of the season where he could do some scout team stuff. Um, it's a big jump to ask a guy to go from that to starting quarterback. Tate Martell is ready. Tate Martell is prepped for this. Ryan Day knows Tate Martell. Uh, Tate Martell can also throw. I think sometimes people think Tate Martell's like a wildcat quarterback. The guy can throw. They just used him as the running quarterback this year because he can also do that. But you saw Ryan Day with JT Barrett called an effective offense. He can do that. I do think maybe down the line they with Ryan Day they move more towards a throw first passing quarterback and away from the Urban Meyer quarterback. I think that's possible. I don't think it necessarily means that like Tate is out next year. You've got to deal with what you have. Tate is the most logical candidate. I understand the question, but there's transition here, and I just don't know if Matthew Baldwin's going to be running. Now, the one thing is, Ryan Day loves Matthew Baldwin. Ryan Day like went and found Matthew Baldwin in Texas. He's like Ryan Day's diamond in the rough, just like Ryan Day is Gene Smith's diamond in the rough. So guys kind of like that sometimes. Like He's his guy. Everybody wanted Tate Martell. Matthew Baldwin was going to Colorado State before Ryan Day got to him. So... I think that may play into this a little bit, but if I'm betting right now, who's the starting quarterback in 2019, I'm still betting on Tate Martell, although I do certainly understand the question. All right. I'm just going to take a breath and uh, try to breathe. Go Vol X, Mark, my guy. Percentage chance you give to Urban Meyer coaching again? Like 10. I think you have to leave open uh, the possibility of a guy steps away for the longest period of time he's ever stepped away. And then he says, oh my God, what have I done? I'm only 54. In three years, he's only 57. And he says, I want to do it again. I think right now, this minute, I believe Urban Meyer when he says he's not coaching again. (coughs) But things change. And if his health gets much better, if he finds a solution to his health, a better solution than he's found so far, then I think something like that could happen. I don't know if he's going to find that. And I also think he might like the retired life. I think he might be completely happy with that. I think he might be happy if he does stay in Columbus doing some stuff around uh, the university. Um, He's won his national titles. He's established his legacy as a coach. So I'm not putting it at 0%, but, but right this minute, I believe him when he says... Um, that he's not going to coach again. And I think you have to understand the difference in the situation, that this was his dream job that he's leaving. Um, And so that's different than when he left Florida and then came back for his dream job. This time he's leaving his dream job. All right, salary question. This is a good question. And I I was so good, I I paused uh, everything to look it up. Patrick Barton at P. Barton 254. Day's contract seems a bit aggressive for someone with three games of head coaching experience. Do you think he provides enough value to warrant such a risk? So he got $4.5 million a year for five years. I'm looking at the USA Today coaching database. There's some perks and stuff that pop in sometime and one-time bonuses that make stuff hard. But they have a, a yearly salary, total pay, and 4.5. This past year would have made Ryan Day like the 18th highest paid coach in America. Ahead of Mark D'Antonio, ahead of Chris Peterson at Washington, ahead of David Shaw at Stanford, ahead of Mark Richt at Miami, 
ahead of Paul Christ at Wisconsin, ahead of Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, ahead of Dana Holgerson at West Virginia, ahead of Bill Snyder at Kansas State, ahead of Ed Orgeron at LSU, ahead of Matt Campbell at Iowa State, ahead of Chip Kelly at UCLA, who is Ryan Day's mentor. So yeah, that seems aggressive to me, actually. I, I hadn't looked at the database until the question. 4.5 on its own didn't seem nuts to me because it's just that the, the salaries have escalated so much that it was like, well, if Urban's making 7.5 and, and then Day's making 4.5, I guess that makes sense. But um, that does that does seem high to me. So I, I like – I. Is he so – he's such a hot commodity? Joe Moorhead, the former Penn State offensive coordinator who took the Mississippi State job last year that, that Ryan Day was offered, made $2.6 million. $2.6 million with up to a million in bonuses. So <clears throat> obviously Mississippi State's not Ohio State, but I'm not sure anybody else was offering Ryan Day $4.5 million. So yeah, that seems a little that seems a little aggressive. I think that's a good question. I'll have to ask Gene Smith that next time I see him. I I think that's a little aggressive. It's a good question. I'm not sure why. Listen, this is the, the they're in love with Ryan Day, and that's great. But um, there are a lot of good coaches out there, and when Urban Meyer was available for this job, he was clearly the number one choice. Um, Jim Trestle was not clearly the number one choice. John Cooper wasn't clearly the number one choice. They were among the guys who were in the running. So I think Ryan Day is certainly more in that category that Ryan Day would be among the guys in the running than like clearly the number one choice. So if Gene Smith is saying he looked at, you know, thought about four or five other people and sort of made the decision, but he didn't go out and interview, he didn't go out and really pursue those people, um... I don't know that Ryan Day would, would be in the stratosphere of like clearly the number one choice. Certainly in the mix. But that is a pretty aggressive deal for a guy who's never done it. Another Russian bot. President Drake was absent from the press conference this afternoon. Does that say anything about Urban's decision to retire? Is there any idea what role Urban might have with Ohio State moving forward? So, like Urban's good with Gene. And Urban is good with the university. Um, I think Urban's not 100% good with Michael Drake, just reading the tea leaves a little bit. Um, Michael Drake athletically is a very... I don't know what Michael Drake does with the rest of the university. I don't cover the rest of the university, so I don't worry about it. Uh, Gordon Gee was very involved with everything athletically. He liked that part of it. So I can imagine that Gordon Gee would have been at something like this. If he was around. Um, I don't think Michael Drake necessarily had to be there. It was Gene Smith's show. But the last time we saw Michael Drake at an athletic event, it was at the news conference when they botched the announcement of Urban's suspension. Um, Michael Drake has never appeared in a setting to answer questions about that, even though in the moment they said he would. I think if he had appeared today, like there could have been a lot of questions about um, the suspension. That's probably been would have been most of what he was asked about, you know, follow ups on the suspension, how Michael Drake thinks the suspension factored into Urban's um, decision and all that stuff. And like, I don't know if Urban would have wanted him there. So um, <clears throat> I think his absence was 
slightly odd, but also given the circumstances that I just mentioned, kind of understandable. And what role Urban might have, um, I don't think it's clear. I don't know that it's 100% that he will. At the moment, he's saying he likes he likes where he lives. He likes Columbus. They want to stay. Their son, Nick, is playing baseball at Cincinnati. Their other family are here. Their two daughters are here. Um, so I, I don't know... I don't think Urban Meyer, in my opinion, can be in the football building. I just think that's too fresh. I don't think you can have the guy who created the whole program down the hall. So if he wants to be involved, I think they they have interest maybe in like mentoring coaches and that kind of thing. From an athletic department standpoint, a wider athletic department standpoint, I think they can find something that might satisfy him and, and help the athletic department. I don't think he can't be around the football building because... You're just gonna have Ryan Day like looking over his shoulder. I mean, I just I just think that'd be too weird. Another question about firing assistants. Um, Eric Kazimov at Eric underscore Kaz always asks good questions. Do you take over the counter meds when sick, or just flood the system with fluids and vitamins? No, I've taken like Dayquil every four hours, and I've been worried that I'm gonna overdose somehow because I was taking like Dayquil and then Nyquil, and I was taking Advil, and like my back still hurts from sitting on the floor. God. I sound like I'm 90. I got I haven't worked out. I had like my gym membership that I got in January, and I haven't been there since March. You know why? Because it was football season. So I have to be careful balancing my meds. But uh, I flood the system with Diet Coke. I don't know if that really helps or not. But I do take the over-the-counter stuff. Do you see Ryan Day as being more aggressive than Urban has been these past few years? Feels like the Buckeyes are at the best when they are the aggressors. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know... I think people got to read off the first three games, the way they threw it, especially against some terrible defenses in Oregon State and Rutgers. Um, But they threw it like that all year. I mean, like Urban was back and there were a couple of hiccups in the middle, but, you know, Urban Meyer was the head coach when Dwayne Haskins went nuts against Michigan and Northwestern and all these other games at the end of the year. So, um I know there had been some talk last year about, like, is Urban's offense stale and that kind of stuff. I just think that that was a a mismatch a little bit of Urban, you know, Ryan Day being here, and they were trying to throw a little more, and it just didn't fit JT's skill set. And they just were, got a little sideways with that stuff. But but I don't know. I mean, like, Er, Ryan Day likes tempo. Ryan Day really likes tempo. But Urban, and Urban Meyer had not done tempo before Ohio State, the up-tempo stuff. That's one of the reasons he wanted Tom Herman, because Tom Herman did up-tempo stuff. Ryan Day likes the up-tempo stuff. He likes to get the first first down and then go up-tempo. And he, he likes to have quarterbacks who like that. And he likes when the linemen are in shape to handle that. So I think we might see more consistent up-tempo. I feel like sometimes with Ohio State this year, that waned at times. They would do it some games, and in other games they wouldn't as much. Um, so I think that might be the inclination. And, and here's the thing. Everybody loves aggression, right? Everybody does. And everybody loves aggression right up until the point where aggression costs you a game. So that's part of what I'm talking about here. And and again, it's just being an offensive coordinator is not the same thing as being a head coach. And there's the year-long game management, and there's the year-long team management, and the health management of your players, um, and balancing everything. And when do you take your starters out of the game? And when do you maybe take it off... Take your foot off the pedal a little bit because it's a long year. That's the kind of stuff that Ryan Day is going to have to deal with. And and I understand fans wanting to be aggressive. 
but I think coaches who have done it for a long time understand the balance between aggression and caution, and you have to have some kind of balance, I think. Tyler Shoemaker, over under 2.5 years, if at all, do we see the real effect of Urban's departure? Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Um, how do I answer this? So next year's 2019. I think you're going to have to tell when you get to more of the roster being guys that Ryan Day recruited. So this 19 class is still going to be mostly guys that Urban was here to recruit. So... It's going to take a while, but I also I think you might tell in three years because um, the 17 and 18 classes I've been saying all year are both number two in the country. Next year they'll be sophomores and juniors, and the year after that those that that they'll have two. The year after that in 2020, their seniors and juniors will be guys who are the number two recruiting class in the country. So if you're not winning with that, and some guys will be gone, Chase Young will be gone and stuff like that, um, that'll be an indication of something. So. I think maybe next year will be more something more like an extended Urban Meyer situation. It might feel more like that, but I think I think by 2020 and 2021, I think after 2021, even though you won't have the full Ryan Day recruiting classes here, you'll be able to tell. Um, and it's just the difference of with this talent, are there just a couple things here and there where you're you're losing a couple of the close games that you seem to always win before, or that something goes wrong and you don't bounce back from it, right? That um, I'll be very curious. I, I think you have to give him at least three years, but I think at the end of three years, you'll have a read on it. Eddie Vulich, our guy at Zadea, will they try to get other OSU alums, a.k.a. Marcus Freeman, as connections to the university? I think it's interesting. I don't know if I believed it. Er, er, Ryan Day was talking today. He grew up in New Hampshire, and I wrote today that you can't not hire a guy because of where he was born. Ryan Day can't help that he wasn't born in Ohio. I wasn't born in Ohio. doesn't mean I shouldn't cover Ohio State. There are a lot of people who cover Ohio State who were born in Ohio and went to Ohio State. But I don't think they should have excluded me from being hired to cover Ohio State because I didn't go to school there. <coughs> or I didn't grow up in Ohio. They should not exclude Ryan Day from being the head coach at Ohio State because he didn't grow up in Ohio or didn't go to Ohio State. Ryan Day could not aspire to be the head coach at his home state university because the University of New Hampshire is not a landing spot, a top destination for anybody. So Ryan Day was going to have to go out in the world. No offense to New Hampshire. My people are from New Hampshire. I love New Hampshire. There's lots of mosquitoes there. There was a baseball card shop I used to go to when I was a kid and I went to visit my grandparents. So Ryan Day had to go out into the world because if you want to be a successful football coach and you're from New Hampshire, you've got to go out into the world. He told a story at the news conference on Tuesday about like aspiring to be the head coach at Ohio State that I didn't buy. It sounded like a story that he would have told if he was the head, you know, the head coach at Texas or the head coach at Georgia about like watching it on TV. I don't know. I mean, like when I was growing up in Pennsylvania, Ryan Day's younger than me. I'll be the first head coach I covered at Ohio State who's younger than me. I didn't watch Ohio State-Michigan with reverence. It was just another football game. I was from Pennsylvania. So I don't think Ryan Day factually watched Ohio State-Michigan with any more reverence than he watched Notre Dame or Alabama or Penn State or anybody else. I don't know. It was a game that was on. No offense. So, But that's okay. I, like You have to be okay with that. But I think it makes sense then to maybe reach out for some more Ohio connections. So I would hire Marcus Freeman anyway. But if Bill Davis is out, and he has to be out, 
and maybe Greg Schiano's out, I would go after Marcus Freeman as my linebackers coach and possibly co-coordinator. Former Ohio State player, currently the defensive coordinator for Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, I would do that. Now, that's, I know Marcus Freeman. He's a great guy. I think he's an energetic, smart, he's an energetic recruiter. He's a smart guy. Heck, if James Laurinaitis wants to get into coaching, go get him. I think it would not be a bad idea if you're not as steeped in it. And he's been here for two years. I get it. You learn it. I learned it. I didn't know crap when I got here. I learned it. It's not a secret. You get used to it. I would maybe look to to have other people with those Ohio connections if he doesn't have them himself. And I'm not saying that they needed to get a coach from Ohio. You have to realize the world is bigger than Ohio. And Ryan Day is a very good football coach, no matter where he's from. WDK Cards is asking the question about, is Day going to stick with the run-first spread offense? Or will he want an elite arm at quarterback? I don't think he's going to answer that question because it's going to... He said in his opening statement that offensively they will adapt to the players they have. So he's not going to say anything that sounds like it's a slight against Tate because Tate's here. Um, World judged by the recruiting. Again, the 2020 kid, Dwan Mathis in the 2019 class, who is committed, who said he's staying committed, is more of a dual threat guy. I think Jack Miller in 2020 is more of a drop back guy. Uh, We'll see where they go down the line. We'll tell by the, you'll you'll be able to tell by the recruiting what they're thinking they want to do. Um, so if they're not recruiting guys who can run, then they're not going to run a quarterback. But I think it's possible they go that way. I think clearly it's like to say that, oh, Ryan Day is going to keep the spread. It's like everybody runs the spread. He's not going to run the Wisconsin offense, the Jim Harbaugh offense. He's going to run a version of the spread. He's a Chip Kelly disciple. Chip Kelly invented this stuff. So he's going to keep that rolling. But again, if he's a Chip Kelly disciple, you know, Chip Kelly had a lot of quarterbacks who could run. Dennis Dixon and I was and Marcus Mariota, and who was the other guy that they played in the Rose Bowl, whose name sounded like Marcus Mariota? You guys are shouting it at your radio or into your headphones right now. Jeremiah Masoli. They have usually have guys who can move. Dennis Dixon might have won the Heisman the one year, and his knee exploded. So Chip Kelly has traditionally had guys who can move, quarterbacks who were dual threats. Um, so I, like to think that. And Marcus Mariota certainly isn't a thrower, but he also could move a little bit. I don't think he was Dwayne Haskins in terms of a dropback guy. So to think that just because Dwayne Haskins was here, Ryan Day doesn't want a quarterback who can move, I think would be a wrong assumption at this point. Oh, Zach Dixon, Z-A-C-D-X-N. It seems like a two-edged sword for Day. The university offers him everything he needs, so it's almost impossible for him not to be successful in recruiting and in coaching. At the same time, the standard is so high, it's almost impossible to be successful. Will Day be successful? Um, I think people need to be realistic. I mean, in a world where people were mad that Ohio State went 12-1, and right, or were mad they lost to Purdue or mad they lost to Iowa, that was with a national championship head coach. <coughs> Urban Meyer is one of the great head coaches in the history of college football, and you were kind of mad. You were kind of mad that they didn't win every game. So Ryan Day, right this moment, and maybe he will be, but right this moment, he's not one of the best head coaches in the history of college football. So will he be successful? It's going to be very interesting to watch what success is defined as going forward. Are we automatically going to assume that Ohio State needs to be judged by the Alabama standard now? Does Ryan Day, Ohio State, get judged by the Nick Saban Alabama standards. Certainly Urban Meyer Ohio State did, and that made sense. Can you possibly judge Ryan Day by the Nick Saban standard? 
Can you judge Ryan Day that his program, when he's never been a head coach before, must be one of the five best programs in the country? Must compete for a playoff spot every year? I don't know. Now, it's not when, when we were evaluating it before. We weren't evaluating Urban Meyer. We were evaluating Ohio State. And someone asked a question that I'll find somewhere. Like, do you think Jim Harbaugh is mad that, that Urban Meyer left and he's not going to get a chance to beat Urban Meyer. Jim Harbaugh doesn't want to beat Urban Meyer. Jim Harbaugh wants to beat Ohio State. So we're not judging Ryan Day, Ohio State, or Urban Meyer, Ohio State. We're judging Ohio State. So is it fair for us to have the same standard that we had for a three-time national championship head coach now for a 39-year-old who's never been a head coach before? I guess. I guess it is because that's the standard. People were mad when Jim Tressel lost in back-to-back national championship games because that was the standard. This was a program that didn't win a national championship for 34 years between 1968 and 2002. Yet here we are in a world where, like, if they're not competing for a national championship, people are mad. So I will be very curious to see how you handle it. And if the first 8-4 and four season comes for Ryan Day... What are you going to do? Are you going to say, well, he's never been a head coach before. This is only his second year. Eight and four, I guess that's okay. Or will you say this isn't good enough? We need a new guy. Here's Urban Meyer's losses in his seven years at Ohio State. Zero, two, one, one, two, two, one. The crazy... 2011 year, right? We know that was crazy. That's not a fair season to judge Ohio State on, right? That's the outlier. We know that. So let's think the last time Ohio State lost four games in in that wasn't a chaotic NCAA-fueled year. You know when it was? 2004. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Before that, otherwise you got to go back to the end of the John Cooper era, the beginning of the Jim Trestle era. John Cooper, his last two years, lost six games and four games. Trestle, his first year, lost five. Since then, since Jim Trestle went seven and five his first year and won the national championship his second year, here's the losses for Ohio State by year from 2002 until 2018. 0-2-4, 2-1, 2-3, 2-1, 7-7. Zero two one one two two one. So what are you gonna do if Ryan Day goes eight and four? Does Ryan Day get any slack because he's never done this before? Or is the Ohio State standard the Ohio State standard? Boy, this sounds like a column. But I'll tell you what, I don't know what the answer to that question is. But I think you guys have to decide that. I think you guys have to decide that. Mikey Dubs 9 what is Day's role now? Does he call the plays on the sideline or hire someone else to help? Uh, he'll call the plays, at least for the start. Every play caller in the history of the world who becomes a head coach keeps the play calling duties at the start because they don't want to give that up. That's the fun part, and that's what defines them. Ryan Day is defined by his play calling right now. It's obvious. It's the number one thing to define him by. He's been a good recruiter, but he made his bones calling plays, so he's not giving that up. So I think he'll call plays for at least two years. And then maybe, (coughs) 
it's going to be interesting to see who he hires as the quarterback's coach because that's a big job. Obviously, I mean, a lot of times the quarterback's coach is also a coordinator, but even when he's not, it's the most important room among the position groups. I'm going to be very curious to see who he hires as a quarterback's coach. And then at some point, Ryan Day is going to have to hire somebody who he trusts to call plays under his philosophy. But I bet he calls plays for at least two years. Uh, Ace Boogie at Trey Willie. Do you think Day will take the rivalry serious? Does this change mean that Michigan can flip the series in their favor? Is Harbaugh happy today? Yeah, I think Harbaugh is happy, right? Um, again, Ryan Day, Ryan Day has been here for two years, but it does not take long to figure out how big of a deal this is. So I think Ryan Day's smart. Gene Smith said that a bunch of times when I was talking to him afterward. Like, what drew you to Ryan Day? He said smart. I like smart. And he was naming off the other coaches at Ohio State that he's hired that are smart. And intelligence draws him in. That's not exactly a unique thing to say. But Ryan Day is smart enough to understand you better get the rivalry. You better get the rivalry. And I'll tell you what, back in the day, Manchester Central and Manchester Northeast or whatever, no offense to Manchester, had it going probably, so he understands what rivalries are. So will he be as good as Urban Meyer and Jim Trestle? Listen, I don't know what to tell you on this. You can't judge traits that someone has in common with people in the past and assume they're gonna, that's how they're going to be, right? But Jim Trestle and Urban Meyer dominated the rivalry. And they were both steeped in it and born into it. Grew up with it in Ohio. Had it in their blood. John Cooper didn't. John Cooper failed at the rivalry. Now, is that the only factor in that that matters? Is that the defining trait? If you grew up with it, if it was in your blood, you win it. And if it's not, you lose it. I don't think that's fair to say. I don't think that's fair to say. Earl Bruce had it in his blood, pretty good in the rivalry, right? Pretty good. Woody Hayes had it in his blood, pretty good. So I'm not saying Ryan Day is John Cooper, but it's like will Ryan? if Ace Boogie's asking, will Ryan Day take it serious? He better take it serious. He knows that. He's been here for two years. He knows you better take this seriously. Will he be Urban Meyer and Jim Trestle good at it? I don't think you can automatically assume that. And here's the other thing. Jim Trestle made a lot of money in the Michigan rivalry beating up crappy coaches. Beat up Rich Rodriguez, beat up Brady Hoke. You can only play the people in front of you. Urban Meyer um, got early on Brady Hoke, and then he's handled Harbaugh. That's Harbaugh's good. This is a guy who went to a Super Bowl, and you're 4-0 against him. That's a big deal. So, again... I, can we just assume that Ryan Day is going to be as good as Jim Tressel and Urban Meyer, who are a combined 16-1 and one in the rivalry? No. No. Doesn't mean, he's not gonna, it doesn't mean he's not going to get it, but I wouldn't expect 16-1. and one. <coughs> A.A. Ron, 937 Aaron. Was Day the right guy? You preach find the best guy, and I'm not sure he is. I get the loyalty. I get they love him, but it happened so quick. So Gene Smith was talking a lot about the seamless transition. It's hard for people to come in from the outside and understand Ohio State's culture, the culture of the athletic department, the culture of the university. Gene Smith was talking about all this stuff with the academic people you have to talk to and the athletic trainers and the way Ohio State does things. And he said, Urban Meyer said it took about two years to understand everything. Um, 
So, like, that was part of his rationale for keeping Ryan Day. It's like, well, Ryan Day already understands all this stuff, and we don't have to bring in an outsider. Which, like, I guess I know what your point is, but every coaching hire in the history of the world is bringing in an outsider. So, like, the idea of, like, well, we don't want to bring in Matt Campbell or Pat Fitzgerald or some other guy who's never worked at Ohio State because he wouldn't get it. It's like, well, Urban Meyer didn't get it before he got here. Jim, Jim Trestle didn't get it before he got here. So, like, that rationale of, like, well, Ryan Day's already here. That that I don't like. Like, we'll hire the guy down the hall because he gets it. Well, does that mean that whoever was down the hall, you hired him? No, it doesn't mean that. They hired Ryan Day because they really like him. He's done a good job. I would have voted for a national search. Now, from a, from a selfish standpoint, I'm thrilled to not have to cover a coaching search for the next month because I'm sick and I want to go to bed. So this made it easy. Is it 100% the best thing for Ohio State? I, we've listed... The schools that have done it, my opinion, no, it's not. And I would say that to Ryan Day's face. And then when he goes on and wins eight Big Ten championships and three national titles in the next 12 years, he can shove it back in my face. Um, I would have gone national search. This is a big boy job. This is a job, this is arguably the best job in America. Because the SEC is a meat grinder. It's one of those things sometimes... You're at the best program in the SEC. Well, there's a lot of other programs nipping at your heels. Ohio State, it should be and is the best program in the Big Ten. No question about it. It's a big conference, big money, everything you want in facilities. There's a recruiting base in Ohio. (coughs) There's enough of a national reach that you can go out and get national kids. There's great tradition. Ohio State has... Everything. Everything. You should get the best college football coach in America at Ohio State. That's the threshold. This is an Ohio State that is not plagued by scandal at the moment. The Big Ten has so much money it doesn't know what to do with it. Ryan Day's good. Is he the best college football coach in America? Because if I was making the hire at Ohio State, that would be who I was going to get. And I would make that guy say no. Now, you're not going to Saban. You're not going to Dabo. You're going to almost anyone else. Who's next? I want that guy. Make him say no. And I think a lot of them wouldn't say no. This job is that good. Michigan's last hire was a guy who was in a Super Bowl. Ohio State's hires a guy who's never been a head coach before. I'm just being realistic. I'm just I'm just stating facts because Ryan Day hasn't been a head coach before. It's just a fact, and I wrote in the thing, and you guys know, haven't hired a coach who did not have head coaching experience since 1946, Paul Bixler. Everybody else since then, Wes Fessler, Woody Hayes, Earl Bruce, John Cooper, Jim Tressel, or Urban Meyer, had proved it somewhere else. I know it's changing. I know it's different these days. I don't think I don't think that would be an unreasonable way to look at it. Find me somebody who's proven it somewhere else. Mike Williams at Mikey Wills. Hey, yeah, you already got one. I'm going to give you another one. Now that this has happened, how much will Ohio State win by in the Rose Bowl? Washington stinks. I don't know any players on their team. Wisconsin Northwest was going to lose by 20 anyway. Maybe, maybe now they'll lose by 40. Um... Daddy D Daddy dot A at LL underscore cool underscore A. 
Jim Trestle won a national championship in year two. Urban won it in year three. How patient do you believe Buckeye fans should be? I mean, that's the whole question, Daddy.A. I mean, it's a great question. Because should you change should you change your standard? Should you be more patient just because they hired a guy who's never been a head coach before? If they had hired Pat Fitzgerald, would, they, would you be more patient? If they had hired Chip Kelly, would you be more patient? If they had hired Chris Peterson, if they had hired Mark D'Antonio, would you be more patient? So I don't know. I, I like this. God, this is a great question. Is a school standard the standard, or does it change depending on the head coach? God, that's a great question. That's like a poll question, man. Tweet at me and tell me your answer. I don't know what the answer to that is. My inclination is that if you have facilities and money and tradition and a recruiting base, it shouldn't matter who the coach is. The standard's the standard. And I think it's reasonable for the standard at Ohio State to win Big Ten championships on a regular basis and compete to be in the playoff every year. Not make the playoff every year, but be in the playoff mix at least eight or nine years out of ten. I think that's reasonable. And will Ryan Day do that? I don't know. Oh, man. Jordan at Jordan Kimball 67. Day is very young for a head coach, not originally from Ohio. In the world where he is very success where he is very successful as Ohio State's head coach. Could he potentially coach here for 20 plus years? Or do you think there's another head coach NFL job that could lure him away? Well, the University of New Hampshire, for sure. I'm just kidding. <coughs> so he's moved around a lot. His kids are 10, 8, and 5. And as a dad, I understand. I put a lot of value in this because I think it's easy for us sometimes. To not look at coaches as, as people, um, and as fathers and as husbands. Um, when you move around a lot and then you get a good job, and your kids are 10, 8, and 5, I don't think that you go looking for another good job for a while. I think if you can get the 5-year-old through high school here, that's the way people think. That's 13 years. Can you get the five-year-old through high school here? So, like, if he's really good six years in, (coughs) and the New England Patriots offer him the head coaching job to replace Bill Belichick, they bring the New Hampshire boy home. I mean, maybe, right? I mean, how? you know, maybe. Uh, But I don't think he's going to be looking around for a while. He's 39. He could do this for a while. He could do this for 13 years and be 52 and still have plenty of time to go do something. So uh, my guess would be this is a somewhat long-haul hire if he's good enough. It's just a guess. Um, but that's a young family. They're cute, nice little, nice, nice family. Um, it's nice for those kids that, that their dad doesn't have to move for his job again. So I think it'll be for a while. Oh, you people with the assistant questions. Nicholas Martucci, in terms of recruiting, do you think Ryan Day can garner the same appeal Urban did? Obviously, this will come with time, but in the immediate future, how do you see recruiting being impacted with the change? So it seems like he connects with kids, and that's the number one thing. And there's a different thing to being like a position coach out recruiting on the road and then being the guy who's like the closer and has to, you know, a kid comes in your office and you hand him an offer 
and you make that kid feel like the most special kid in the world because he got an offer from Ohio State. That's different than being the guy who's out on the road making the initial connection, getting in the living room, establishing the relationship with the mom and the dad, getting in with the kid and the family and the high school coach. That's different. I think Ryan Day is really good at that. I think everybody who, who understands recruiting, and I haven't been as wrapped up in recruiting day-to-day the past couple of years, but I think everybody who understands recruiting would tell you Ryan Day is really good at that. So I think Ryan Day can recruit on a high level. Um, Urban Meyer had an aura. Urban Meyer had a way about him. Urban Meyer had a way of selling his program. He's a dynamic personality. Urban Meyer walks in the room with his white windbreaker and the collar flipped up, and he owns the room. That's a rare skill. I don't know if Ryan Day has that right now. Does it, I mean, And that's not a criticism. Again, we're talking about a guy who's one of the best ever to do it. And a guy who really, from a recruiting standpoint, really, really is one of the best ever to do it. So um, I think Ryan Day is good. Can he, can he be at the same? Can he garner the same appeal Urban did? That's what Nicholas Martucci asks. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. How much of the coaching staff sticks around? Rick Cole at Rick Cole. With Urban gone, how does this influence Haskins' decision to stay or go? It doesn't. He's going. That's just, I mean, it's just, the guy, people are talking about him being the first pick in the draft. If you guys listened to the podcast about a month ago when I had on Ian Wharton, a draft guy I really like, and he was talking about Dwayne Haskins was the absolute number one quarterback on his board, and he would consider Ryan Haskins to number one to the Giants. Ian Wharton, A, has tweeted at me since then that he no longer would consider Dwayne Haskins at number one. He would take Dwayne Haskins at number one. (laughs) And a lot of the world, after Dwayne Haskins' last two games, a lot of the world caught up to Ian Wharton and caught up to what I thought about Dwayne Haskins from the start of this year. Dwayne Haskins is going to go very high. I've seen multiple, multiple drafts that have him to the Jaguars in the top ten. Guys like that can't come back. I mean, I just don't know what to tell you. When's the last time a guy came back? Andrew Luck came back when he was gonna would have been the number one pick, but it's not the norm. So, like, that's all this is, people. The guy is ready. He's ready from a maturity standpoint. He's ready from a physical standpoint. I think he's ready from his uh, um, intelligence reading defenses. He's certainly ready from a confidence standpoint. And I think that's where he wants to be. He did what he could do here at Ohio State. But I, it's not his fault. JT Barrett came back for a fifth year. <clears throat> so he only got one year in as a starter, but I'm not sure. I don't know what would affect his decision because his decision is I'm going to be a top 10 pick for sure, maybe the number one pick, and if that's the case, i got to go. Sorry you're feeling low, Doug, from Shelby Goldman, too. When you look into your bottle of Robitussin, what do you see Day's staff looking like in 2019? So I don't know what his relationship with Brian Hartline is like. Um, I can't guess on Brian Hartline. I don't know. I would imagine Tony Alford stays. I would imagine... Kevin Wilson stays. Greg Studrawa is Urban Meyer's guy. Um, Ryan Day has knows all the offensive guys very well. I don't know what Ryan Day thinks of the job Greg Studrawa did. So I think Alford's here. Hartline, I don't know. I think Wilson's here. Um, and Studrawa, I don't know. And then he has to have a new quarterback's coach. Defensive side, um, Larry Johnson is here as long as he wants to be. Maybe this would be a maybe this is a time when Larry Johnson says, you know what, if Urban's going, maybe I'll retire. He's getting to that age, but he also loves it still, so I don't know. Pure speculation by me, but Larry Johnson is just at that age where, I mean, he could retire at any point. 
and I wrote a story a couple years ago um, about you know that he it's something he's thought about, but he, he's just not ready to do it right now. Um, but you know when things change, um, sometimes that's a, a sign for people to say, well, that changed, um, so now I'm going to change. He's like in his late sixties; he's like sixty-six. So I don't know. I think I think maybe that's a possibility. I would expect Bill Davis to not be here. I would expect that Alex Grinch and Taylor Johnson will be here. And then Greg Schiano, I don't know. I think it's very possible Greg Schiano's not here. I read you the thing earlier. I think it's very possible Greg Schiano's not here. So if that's the case, so that's Schiano, Davis. I mean, I would put the, I would put the over-under on changes at three. Maybe Schiano, Davis, and another one. Whether that's like Larry Johnson retirement or uh, Heartline or Studrawa, I don't know. I, and I'm just speculating. I'm just throwing stuff at the wall. I don't know. Josh Routzen, Jay Routzen, 117. Is it realistic for Ryan Day to continue this sort of success, or should we prepare for a down couple years? <clears throat> they want the continuity. They don't want a down couple years. So I, I like. I don't think you should prepare for it. I think that would be wrong. But I also don't think like you should be shocked if they're not quite as good as they were with Urban Meyer. Is that a fair way to say it? And then we go like this way. Jason Jason R's. Would Ohio State have gone undefeated with Ryan Day as head coach this year? Like, would Ryan Day have, like, schemed up a plan for the defense to not get smoked by Purdue? I don't know. Like, this is where I, I can't live in a world where the assumption is like, oh, if we would have gotten rid of one of the best ten coaches ever, then we would have been better. I just don't think that's the case. What about if Ryan Day was the head coach, would you have lost to Penn State Maryland? I don't know. I just, I, I just don't – I can't buy a world where, like, Thank God Urban's gone. I just can't buy that. Oh, I might have to stop soon. Is Ohio State better next season or five years from now? Alex the Analyzer. Man, that's a great question. God, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I might say next year. I'm sounding like I'm down on Ryan Day, and I'm not. I'm trying to be realistic on Ryan Day. Because I think you're going to get a lot of positive stuff on Ryan Day, and you should. He's a sharp guy. He's a nice guy. He's good with the media. I've had a lot of conversations with Ryan Day. A lot of people have had a lot of conversations with Ryan Day. He is a really cool, personable, smart dude who is good at drawing up football plays. And this year, when he was thrown into the head coaching role, did a very good job of keeping that staff together and I think soothing over potential hard feelings. He deserves all the credit in the world. He's never been a head coach before. Drizzy, get busy. Oh, one, is Urban going to take the USC job? Would Ohio State fans have a right to be mad if he took that job? I feel like I would try hard, but I would still end up being salty. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it would be different because it's like he would have to have an explanation of what really changed because, again, he, he can't talk about carrying a Buckeye in his pocket. And that's the thing in Florida. I mean, it was never that. Florida was just a job, and that's no offense. Most people in their life only have one thing one place that would be more than a job. It's, it's where your roots are. It's where your heart is. So that's why Ohio State's different. That's why I'm treating this as different. So if it turns out that it's not different, and he's like, ah, the heck with it, I'll be the USC head coach, then yeah, you can be mad. What's your best day pun, Michigan's daddy at Stuart underscore E4 US vet? Um, uh, what's my best day pun? Because everyone's going to have like a new day, and uh, um, 
that kind of thing, like for the for the for Ryan Day being the head coach, right? Um, how about uh, um, I can't think of one. Could I should I pause it here? I'm gonna pause it and think of one. All right, I got one. How about this? Dayo Hio, right? Like that's like the Dayo, but then it's the O H I O. Dayo That's pretty good. That's more original than the crap you're gonna find on most headlines. Dayo Hio. I'm glad I paused that for ten seconds. You don't know if I paused it for ten seconds or forty minutes and was like looking up stuff in the dictionary. I gotta stop soon. Oh man. Coaching, 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 coaching. Connor Bailey at C Bailey589. You've covered sports for a while and I assume have seen a lot of stuff. If someone told you on July 1st, 2018 that this would happen today, would you have been surprised or would you have thought it was a normal, reasonable outcome? I would have been surprised. A, we didn't know the seriousness of Urban Cyst at that point. And if we had known it, the public had known it, we would have had a better idea of that. And when I talked to Gene Smith and I wrote this today and Gene Smith said Urban, when he got hired, said six to ten years. This was year seven. Uh, I did not sense from Urban Meyer, at least before the Zach Smith stuff and then the Sis stuff, I did not sense burnout. I thought I thought he looked ready to go. And I asked him a lot. I mean, this is like quotes. There's so many stories now that die because Urban's not the head coach anymore. But I still have the quotes from asking him at Big Ten Media Day after I asked him about the Zach Smith stuff about he's never been in a program for a seventh year before. What's that going to be like? And he was talking about that he he wants to treat the maintaining like he's still building, and that it's a challenge, but he seemed enthused about that. They're building this new recruiting room in the Woody. He always had these new plans for like off-the-field stuff. Um, I thought he looked ready to keep going for a while. So it's like if I had known all the stuff I know now on July 1st, all the, the, the factual things that were there, then no, I wouldn't have been surprised, but I didn't know all these things then, so if I just would have been July 1st, 2018, yeah, I would have been surprised. All right, I think we're basically covering... Dave Fitzgerald, too, asks, why do all the all the sports writers get the flu the first week of December? Is there somebody else out there with the flu? I challenge them to come to my house and sit in my fart-smelling basement with me and be sick. Leslie at Fox Seabus. I'm getting delirious can't see. Doug, I'm tired and exhausted as a fan of Ohio State football. Convince me why I should continue to be a fan when I truly believe ESECPN is hell-bent on destroying Ohio State and they get away with it. Like, is Ohio State destroyed? I don't know. Like, I I can't, I don't think you can just, like, enjoy your team. If you don't want to, if there's a media outlet that you don't like, then don't, people don't like me. There are plenty of people who don't like me. Then don't read me. Like, don't, don't like, don't like, Tell me you hate me. You don't have to read me. Plus, it hurts my feelings. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a hardened, cynical old man. Nothing hurts my feelings. They're not destroyed. So, like, <clears throat> all the Georgia blathering they did on the playoff stuff, like, that's not what... The, uh, Georgia didn't get in. That's not why Ohio State didn't make the playoff, because Kirk Herbstreit was talking about stuff. Like, they didn't... I don't know. Like... ESPN kisses Ohio State's butt a lot too, so like I don't, I just I I hope you wouldn't let any in single media outlet affect the enjoyment of your team. I would say that. Oh, people! I said that I might get cranky and just take shots at people. And Michael T. I've said, namely Washington, 
And that is correct. Wisconsin Northwest won't score uh, more than four points against Ohio State. More coaching questions. God, you people are obsessed with the assistants. Does this mean that I'm too critical of the assistants? Maybe, but I'm glad you're there with me. I'm glad you're there with me. Oh, man. All right, we basically covered all this stuff. We're getting into repeat questions. Um, is Rorbin sticking around good or bad for Ryan Day's success and longevity? Sometimes former leaders cast big shadows. Rick Cole, I agree with that 100%. You can't have him down the hall. I get some of the structural stuff. Urban can be involved with the athletic department. He cannot cast a shadow in the football building or it's going to be counterproductive. Um, let's see. That's about it. Shaq Harrison, do you think the 2019 Ohio State team will be good enough to play for a national championship? If they get the quarterback stuff straightened out and they get some of the defensive coaching stuff straightened out, they have a lot of good def- young defenders coming back. Um, I think they're going to be better defensively. I think Ryan Day said he wants to simplify the plan, as we talked about before. I think they'll be better defensively. They won't be as good offensively because they won't have Dwayne Haskins. But I think they can find an effective offense for sure. They're going to have a young, young offensive line, but I think it's going to be a young and talented offensive line. They're going to have young receivers, but I think there'll be some young, talented receivers. Um, a lot is going to look a lot different. Um, but, like, can they win the national championship? I don't know if they can win it. I think they can be in the mix. Like, if Ryan Day, if everything goes as good as it can go, then, yeah, I think they can make the playoff. I think they'll have that level of talent to be a playoff team if everything goes right. Like, will everything go right? Will they win all the close games? That kind of thing. I don't know. Adam Buell, A-D-A-M underscore B-U-E-L-T-E-L. Is Urban Meyer this generation's Woody Hayes? It was only seven years, but each one was amazing. For those under 40, I can't help but think that we will look back at these as the glory days. I think it's possible. Ohio State, uh, spoiled is not the right word. Because spoiled, I think, implies like a, it's like a negative connotation, that there's something wrong with you. But you've been lucky. You've been fortunate that this program has been really good for a long time. Jim Trestle and Urban Meyer have, have dominated the Big Ten for the past 17 years and had Ohio State compete uh, at a national level in that time. So in those, and, and there was a Luke Fickle year in there as well, but for Trestle to be here 10 and Urban Meyer for seven, and that there was no doubt that over those 17 years, and you said, who's the best program in the Big Ten? No doubt about it, it's Ohio State. They won Big Ten titles. Trestle went to three national championship games. Urban went to one, was in the playoff another year. Um, I, I, it's not guaranteed. There's a lot of things in place. There's a lot of things in place for Ohio State to succeed. But I do think maybe this you, you'll look back on this as, as a version of the glory days. Um, I don't think Ohio State's going to fall off a cliff long-term or anything like that. But I think you have to appreciate how good this was. All right, we'll end with this. Bill Davis parody account from Ian Farler. Now with Urban gone, it looks like I'll be out of a job. Who might replace me? Sorry, Bill. Good luck in your future endeavors. I'm putting my money on Marcus Freeman. Um, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that. So listen, here's the real deal. <coughs> I'm sick. I'm out of juice. So like this is our midweek podcast, right? What day is it? Is it Tuesday? I mean, this is what we'd be doing anyway. So I guess I don't have to tell you this because, like, it's, of course it's the midweek podcast. I can't go any longer than this. I apologize. So we'll be back next Wednesday with another podcast, okay? Uh, 
and we'll get into much more of this stuff. There won't be one this weekend. I need to sleep. But we want to send out one more shout-out to our friends at MinutemanTickets.com. They've been great. Any kind of ticket needs you have, you can rely on MinutemanTickets.com because they will back it up. They're local guys with a national selection. You get your knot, knot in your stomach buying tickets. Let Minuteman Tickets relieve that knot in your stomach. MinutemanTickets.com. Make our ticket guys your ticket guys. So, Stephen wasn't on this one because I had to get home and get away from people because I was infecting everyone at the news conference. I hope Ryan Day doesn't get sick while he's out recruiting. Urban Meyer said Urban Meyer, or Ryan Day was going to be in four different states on Wednesday. I had to get home, and I did not want to infect Stephen in my... Uh, fart-smelling basement of disease. So this was just me. We will be back in a week, and we'll see where the Ohio State football program is. But we'll be back with Steven. Maybe we'll get a guest on, and we'll do this again. So this has been an unbelievable season. From where we were when we were doing these emergency podcasts in Chicago at the end of July when all this stuff was breaking, and now here we are again finishing the year with another emergency podcast. I, I, I can't believe. Uh, it's been a stunning year. It's been a stunning year. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. You guys helped make it fun and helped make it interesting. Ohio State is always interesting. I tell everybody that. No matter what happens, Ohio State is always interesting, and people always care about Ohio State. So as someone whose livelihood depends on Ohio State and Ohio State football, I am grateful for that. We are grateful for you guys, um, our tremendous Buckeye Talk audience. Um, so I'm just going to kiss your butt for a little while longer. Um, I'm going to read, I feel like yeah, I can do, I can read some reviews. We dropped back down to a 4.5, um, cause somebody didn't like me. I'll tell you what, sometimes a single, those, uh, you throw a one in there and it really wipes out a bunch of five stars when you throw a one star in and it's just, it's, it's hard to deal with. I mean, a, a one star just wreaks havoc, um, on your rating. So we are at a 4.5 right now. We're very close to a 5. I hope we get it back um, to a uh, to a 5 star soon. But let's read some of the most recent ones. Because sometimes people like it when we do that. My favorite two days. Early this season I was painting a fence. And I said to myself. Self, I would love it if there was a Buckeye football podcast. I hopped on the podcast app. And would you look at that Buckeye talk. I started listening. And now my favorite days. My two favorite days are Monday and Wednesday. I listen to Sunday's postgame cast on Monday and Wednesdays on Wednesdays. As a Buckeye fan in Colorado, I get a lot of strange looks. I've even been asked numerous times if I played if I played there. I'm 6'3 and 275 pounds of well above average muscle content. After I listened to your cast for the first time, I called up my boy in Columbus, and, and you, he told me you're huge out there. Thank you for all the time you put into the scrounging for amazing info and guests. Tell Steven that he's doing great, but he should try a Diet Coke. Thanks, guys. That was very nice. I don't know if you guys like the nice ones as much. Just not the same from Colonel Redbeard. Take the guys who actually watch Ohio State off the podcast and keep the guy who has admitted multiple times he doesn't watch the games routinely. Podcast used to be good with Ari, Light, and Bill, but without them, not so much. So this is something that I realized. I like to say things like I don't really watch the games and I like to, down, and I like to say things like I don't understand football. And I realized that maybe I should stop saying that because on a football podcast, when I'm ta- constantly talking about the fact that I don't watch the games and I don't understand football, you may lose faith in me. So let me say, A, 
<coughs> I do watch the game. Sometimes, like, in the fourth quarter, if the game's kind of decided and I have to be writing my story, I'm not super watching it, but then I go back and watch it later. And B, I do understand football. So, like, I just like to say that because I don't want to pretend that, like, I'm James Laurinaitis and I played linebacker for Ohio State in the, in the NFL. But if you have any doubts about me, I will say I do mostly understand football. So I'm not going to do that as much anymore because I don't want any more one-star reviews. All right. Um, love this podcast by Busy Hid. I've been following Ohio State football for about 2.5 years now, but have only really started getting into it within the last year. This podcast has helped me understand and learn so much, not only about the team, but the sport in general. I'm thankful for this podcast and can't wait to listen to old episodes to get me by until next season. See, that person thinks I know something. All right. I just want to drop a few of those in there. I'm exhausted. Sorry for my complaining, but I'm just an old man with a bad back and a clogged up lung, and I'm going to go to bed. So, Stephen Means will be back next week. Thanks to you guys. Um, Best of luck to Urban Meyer and his family. Best of luck to Ryan Day. Interesting times ahead. For now, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk.